Does J stand for Jeremiah? Stands for J as in J A Y. Okay. Stands for J. Yeah. It was my hope. No, I knew. I knew it was standing for J. Is why is it John Jacob? Jeremiah. What? Jeremiah. Okay. Are we singing a song? I think maybe. Let's hold hands. Oh, we can't. to the freelance dance a weekly conversation between three experienced freelancers who are navigating the ups and downs and the ins and outs of the freelance dance my name is jake knight joined by my co-hosts marty theory and brandon watts welcome to the freelance dance can i tell you about a concert i'm going to oh man tonight where um probably on my couch oh okay. uh, so Amanda found this great um, Ben Howard. I don't know if you guys have heard who Ben Howard is. Uh, yeah. Not me. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool recording artist. Um, I've actually used one of his pieces um, for choreography with in a competition. I knew, you, I knew I should have looked that up first. Um, I'm going to do that right now. Ben Howard. Old, He's probably, old time, I, mean, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably in my top. 20 or 30 yep. artists on, on the last FM. You, you guys use last FM. Anyway, go ahead. Keep, sorry. No, no just saying. So, so Ben Howard, who, um, kind of artsy go. folky. Yeah. So it's seven, it's 17 bucks and it happens in an hour. We, we signed up to do a live, so we're going to watch a live concert. <laughs> well, now we know this episode's going to be less than an hour. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> you have a hard out. That's the first time any of us have had a hard out on this podcast. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to stand up Ben Howard, you know, because no. of my podcast, but I, he might wait. I'll tweet him. Let me, let me check. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, is YouTube? Kind of, what is it? I have, I have no idea. Amanda bought the tickets and, um, I oh, will find she's out. She's a huge Ben Howard fan then. She actually introduced him to me. Yeah. Oh. Um, but if you listen to old pine, mm-hmm. the, uh, it's a it's a kind of a cool a cool song, but the story for for the piece that I did was like sort of like a campfirey, like outside, like enjoying outside nature. That sort of it had a, actually had a fake fire on the stage, and it was it was pretty legit. Just gonna say, pretty legit. Anyway, so I do have a heart out. Have you guys done any live music stuff since uh, you've been locked in? Have you guys joined any of those? No, no unfortunately. Although I will say what we have done and it's amazing is just watch concerts on YouTube pre-recorded. Yes. Of course we have done a ton of that during COVID and you know what? I love it. Like that has turned me on. COVID has turned me on to YouTube concerts from like three years ago when everyone's together and there's 20,000 people having a great time. It makes you feel good. Oh yeah. I've watched so much national concerts. It's unbelievable. Anyway, that, yeah. that, that's awesome. Well, that's, it's very interesting because I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, a lot of the artists have shifted towards doing these digital concerts. And like, I think what's going to happen is how many, I mean, how many times has there been an artist that you would have loved to have seen live, but it just didn't work out with your schedule, but I'd pay less than 50 bucks a ticket to watch them from my house to watch a live concert. Right. I mean, live. I think yeah. that high. Yeah. No. Yeah. Live, mm-hmm. live music is the best. Right. I don't Always. So it, and if, you can tell a lot about a band by how, by their, their live show. Um, so what do you mean? You know, what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> what can you, like t- tell me, tell me, uh, tell me, what are you going to discern about a band based whether on whether they're good or not? Period. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So you can make this phenomenal, you know, in the studio mm-hmm. album, but if you're not getting a live show, like I want to see, I want to hear everything that I hear on your studio album. I want to see you do it live. Go. Right. Um, and that's, <laughs> come on. I mean, yes, you can, you can have like your little synthesizers and your little, uh, your, uh, uh, whatever, you know, whatever special effects you want to use up there on stage. And that's fine. But I want to see all of it. Like I watched, um, a live Sylvanesso, uh, concert the other night. That was amazing. And they were using live instruments when it's just the two of them, you know, it's just him. I think he's on an, I don't even know what he's using. And then it's her dancing, being crazy. And one of my favorite live acts of all time. Haven't seen them live myself, but I would see them in a heartbeat tomorrow. So you know, okay. I know they're so good. I know they're good. The, and they the, play the, with a bunch of, they, they just, you know, they, they'll come out with live stuff on their YouTube channel all the time. Yeah. I love it. I, I ask because I have a theory about, um, Marty theory. I have a theory. Oh, thanks. Uh, that, so when we were younger to go see bands and then like the, the, what's the, um, what's the band that plays before everybody else? Like the opener the opener. Sec- opener. Yeah. So the opener, some of the openers have been like phenomenal. Go buy their CD right when you hear them. You can't believe yes. the quality of this. And then when you get to the main act, you're like, they're sloppy. And so I've had that experience. And I, th- my theory is, oh. is that when you are the opener, you're proving a point about you because you don't have a built up audience yet. You're trying to prove a point. Who, and when who, you're who, who, who are you? Who did you go see um, that you thought was sloppy? I, Cause I, the, I think that's the, an interesting, the get up kids, a, the get up kids. Really? Well, so okay. this was back, this was back in the day. So yeah. Ozma opened for them and Ozma was like oh, this phenomenal, phenomenal one of my favorite bands. Top five. Top to this five. Day. I agree. Um, did top I tell five. you, I tried to get them to play our, our wedding. I emailed them. Oh, come on. Did you get a response? <laughs> I, I did. I did. They said, thanks Who responded? so much. Was um, it one of the band, members of the band? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the it was Daniel? whatever the whatever the Daniel Daniel yes, Brummel Daniel. or whatever his name is. Daniel Brummel. Yep, Man, yep. I feel like I'm 15 years old again when you just said. Oh, yes. He said, uh, and it was the best part was Amanda's like, you know, they're not gonna play, right? I'm like, but what if they say yes? She goes, you know, they're not gonna play, right? I'm like, but if they say yes, anyway, he said, uh, congrats on getting married. Best wishes. That was a bit anyway. Um, yeah. So Ozma and the Get Up Kids, I thought were too loud, and they just you could barely even listen to their music. Anyway, um, so Daniel, if you're listening to this, I just want you to know you still have a place in my heart. And Daniel, I just used your name off the off my top of my head. That's how that's <laughs> how big room. of a that's, that's how big right. of an Osmo fan I am. I am, yeah. Uh, Tetris, by the way, we as a incredible band song, that incredible song. cover. That was one of our, yeah, okay, great cover. Um, if you and if you haven't heard it, go on whatever your music app of choice is and yes. go search O Z M A Ozma Tetris and be blown away. It's like um, Korobinki or Baniki or something song in Russian, right? That's the actual title, but I think it says Tetris song like in brackets or something. But yeah, I, you'll you'll find it if you want it. Um, but but that takes me to that idea about like what you said. You can tell a lot about a band when you see them, uh, see them live. I think that's true with every business. You can tell a lot about any business 
when you actually have dealings with them. People can say what they want to say, right? Is this a clubhouse plug again? <laughs> I've been so not using clubhouse, clubhouse is dying. Man. Clubhouse I, is I dying. Wish. By the way, that's the new thing, guys. Have you heard? I'm just joking. They're no. raising billions of dollars, but clubhouse is dead. You've heard it here first. Really? I know we, I know we bragged about it three episodes ago, but guess what guys? It's dead. <laughs> is it cause they're they're They had a blog post or they just had a post about uh, monetization or something. Is, it's is a lot of related? things. First of all, uh, Jake, you might've seen that you can now tip people in clubhouse, which is brilliant. Okay. That's good. What, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Honest. But I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and been reading some stuff and, and, um, it's now going to be really a feature of, of other apps. I mean, every app is going to have an audio feature where your network already exists. I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I'm going to take a spicy take on this. That's Brandon. fine. I don't Let's buy a spicy take. I, well, cause I've, I've heard, I've heard that side too, about all these other companies are doing it, but I think I may have even mentioned this on a what previous Twitter episode. Have? Twitter Here's spaces is going to be launching. Same thing with your what's Twitter. A, followers. What's, a, what's a, what's a Twitter fleet though? Is that the Instagram? That's, story? that's like the stories. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me go back to my Twitter. Cause I tweeted about this like a week or two ago. I'm going to look at Jake using Twitter. I'm so <laughs> proud of myself. You guys, you're so <laughs> inspirational. Oh yeah. Uh, Us and our amazing <laughs> social no, so, followers. So go, go, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, what else, what else did you hear, Brandon? Well, I look at this. No, no. I, I mean, I, I said that kind of, kind of as a joke, like I, I do not think it's going away, but there has been a lot of talk about that. They're raising so much money. They're raising like a $4 billion valuation, if I'm getting it correctly, of course, the facts. But the company is so overpriced and and a lot of people are realized when here's the thing, when people who, who are on Twitter use Twitter spaces, it's still not public. It's like invite only, I think, at this time. It's a much more natural environment. It's it's where they already have people they follow and communicate with and they can easily jump into a room. The other thing, Jake, is on Clubhouse, you got to do messaging on other platforms. So you may be having a conversation, but they haven't built in a messaging layer. When you do it in Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, they're all going to have Oh, Slack is talking about doing versions of this that are more public and outside of your group. Like, well, our discord has a has an audio feature. Yeah. You know that? Yeah. Or yeah. You can, it's like an audio only room. Yeah. But opening that up to a bigger community, not just your right. company or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that is going to be a feature in every application. And then the question is, why do you stick on Clubhouse? You've already built a following for years on these other platforms. And, you know, right now, Clubhouse is a lot of self-promotional so-called coaches, as we've Discovery. talked about. Yeah. yeah. So figure out where so, you want to go. So here's. Yeah. So I can't find I, I can't find that reply. Someone's asked, you know, like there's all these things like, what do you think? Here's here's my take on it. I think those those features are valuable on every platform. I think there's benefit and use on every platform. However, as a consumer. I don't know if I'm going to want them on every platform as my go-to. Like I know right now I open up clubhouse. It's going to be hundreds, thousands of people having conversations right now, right now. And I, I, I know that they're like, they're in it. They're not going to be there later. I don't have to wait it's for the them only to show place up to go for that. It's the, it's the only yeah. place for me to go for that. So I think I would use other tools, but I'm going to want one place to have live conversations. And I don't, yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind the no messaging feature. Because I find value in connecting with other people on those other platforms. And honestly, if I want to be frank, I've got a Facebook, you know, I have Facebook followers or friends. I don't want to be notified when they're going live. Right. Right. I mean, I think there's some platforms where that's not, I've, I've been part of it for a long time. 
I could be 100% wrong. You know what you're wrong. getting into when you open up Clubhouse. Yeah. And you know you're leaving it when you leave it. So Twitter, Twitter, or Facebook, or these other places, I, that's where I like, I don't understand why, how Slack would, like, where would the benefit be? Yeah, I, I can talk to you in a meeting, but Slack is for business. Slack is, I mean, I don't know. Discord, I could see Discord kind of discord's already been doing that right yeah we've already been doing because but they are bigger communities you know first started with gaming and now it's got these other communities but um i just don't slack to me is an interesting (laughs) i don't understand why slack would want to i mean they need to work on their video conferencing first of all it is (laughs) garbage but anyway they're all working on it but we'll see i i do think it's going to stick around but there's just the death of Clubhouse. Those memes are going around now because of, of all this. I, I do want to try Twitter spaces when it comes out. I think that's going to be interesting. But anyways, side point. I, I, well, I just say, hey, take, take me to tell me the reason why I'm joining a space. Like for right now, Clubhouse is networking. I'm, I'm meeting new individuals. I'm making new connections. The, and I, honestly, you can do that on any platform. But that's really what it comes down to from a marketing standpoint is what what is the purpose behind it? What, what are you, what are you enabling that, that people are in, that's in high demand? I've also questioned post COVID, you know, tools like this. Cause I've, you know, I've been since January, right. Whenever you sent us the invite, Brandon, which we thank you. We're indebted. <laughs> um, you know, I'll put you in my bio on clubhouse as mm-hmm. the person. Oh, they already do that. Um, I, yeah, I, I just, it's interesting to me. I've not been using it as much as I have been because I've had other work that I've been doing and I had a lot of downtime between January and March. You just said the truth, Jake. You had work and that's why you weren't on Clubhouse. I talked to a couple of VCs Ooh, about yeah. this and I got their thoughts and they said the same thing. They're like, I'm not on there. I've got things to do. I'm actually doing work. Like, And these are VCs who are supposed to love this thing, but even they realize it's a bunch of people talking about work that are not doing work. And that's been my overall feeling about Clubhouse when I'm on it. It's like people wasting time. No, but they're just on Twitter. So Twitter wasting time. We're all wasting time. Just which platform you want to waste time on? You know what's the biggest waste of time? A website that doesn't convert. Oh, Jake's got that hard out. We got to get to our topic. Sorry, man. I know. I know. Here's our topic. Here it is. No, but. it, I, the, the whole, that whole conversation about Clubhouse made me think about the reason people are on Clubhouse. A lot of them is because they're trying to sell you something, right? There are some that are making connections, but their focus is to sell. Why? Because bottom line, every business needs to do that. And that's what business websites are also designed to do bottom line, right? Designed to sell. I would, I'm, I'm wondering, have you guys ever come across a website and you had no idea what they were selling? My website. <laughs> Marty's website. No. Oh. Mini websites. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's that's uh that's pretty common, right? It's pretty common. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Way it's very common. common. Yeah. You can go, I mean, pull up it well. Search an industry we, we should, and a yeah, location. We shouldn't, we shouldn't and click pick on any, website. We shouldn't pick up on anybody specific. So but yes, it is a very common trend to have websites where you go on there and you're like Okay, that's a nice picture of a spaceship or of a beach or something. And all right, I have no idea what so, you do. What you do, but cool. I I think websites and tablets are a lot alike. People buy a tablet and go, I don't know, I'm supposed to have this. You say I'm <laughs> supposed to have a tablet. I don't know what I do with it, but like I got it now. Now what? 
That's I think a lot of people have websites. They're like, I have to have a website. I was told a website's important. Yes. So he built me a website yeah. and I don't know what to do with it. Um, what if, what if there was some, some crazy framework that actually would help you have a better website? I'd give you a million dollars, Jake. <laughs> well, I will take that check written out to Jacob J. Knight. Cash it in like um, 40 years. <laughs> Do me a favor and don't cash that right away. It's, it's post dated for 2060. Is the J is the J stand for Jeremiah? Stands for J as in J A Y. Okay. Stands for J. I, I, yeah. I, it was my hope. No, I knew I knew it was standing for J. Like, is why is it Jer- John Jacob? Jink- Jeremiah. John, what? Jeremiah. What? Okay. Are we singing what? a song? I think maybe. Let's hold hands. Oh, we yeah. <laughs> can. Um. So, so we're, we're going to spend a little, like a little bit of time talking about the story brand framework, uh, sir, Donald Miller, who's not sir, but mark my words one day will be, he will um, be, he will be, it's a, it's a marketing and messaging framework. That's literally how movies are made. So all three of us have read this book. The book is entitled building a story brand by Donald Miller. This is not going to be a deep dive into each of the chapters, more of like an overview of why we think it's a rock star tool. Right. Am I right? Specifically hey, for freelancers, because you need to communicate what you do and who you do it for. Make it simple. And you can do that with this framework. And you can be your guide for your company that you're working for. Yep. So I think all of us have had this challenge. Someone saying, hey, what do you do for a living? I think for a lot of freelancers, oh, you can like, oh, I build websites or, oh, I do this thing. But really, we're solving problems. That's what the framework helps us to understand. What is the problem we're actually solving as a freelancer? Yes. Yeah, so, so we can do it for ourselves. We can do it for our clients. We can do it for every, everyone can well, have a story. Anyone can have a story. It doesn't even have to be, you don't, you know, it, it's for websites, but even as you get towards the end of the book, it's almost like, it's just a, a it's almost a framework for your, for your business. It's a framework for everyone has, is on the same page. They understand, okay, when somebody asks, what does this company do? They all say the same exact thing. Nobody's, nobody's saying anything different. Yeah. So it's almost, you know, story brand, you're branding, you're branding, you're, uh, uh, you have the same exact thing you're going to say for your entire brand, website, company, every, uh, all the people are on the same page. And that's important because we're talking about websites, or at least that's how we started it. But this is, this is a no brainer for any business. Doesn't need to be on your website, although it should be, you should design your website around it. But like in PR, this is a fantastic method that I can adopt to tell a story to a reporter. Um, so that's something that no one else will see except through a pitch, but it's its own story brand. So this is just when we walk you through these steps, you'll immediately know in your mind, this is like every movie I've ever seen, but it works. And that's why it's used. Bingo. That's the key. So that was the real game changer for me. Once I realized that this is the framework that movies are built on. This is the same, the same framework. And, and once I understood it in that in that space, I was like, oh, oh my goodness. I, I've, I've gone to some blockbuster movies who use the same technique that you see in, the, in other movies. In fact, fun fact. Did you go to Blockbuster? Is that what you said? Uh, did you rewind, Jake? Too, <laughs> did too you soon. rewind? Too soon, Marty. Too soon. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, trust me, I rewound. I'm like, that you were kind, scares then. me to death. Be kind. I was, I was kind. Um, no, but if you look at movies that historically do poor with the general public, 
it's because they don't follow the story brand. They do great at the Cannes Festival, the film festivals. The critics love it because it's yeah. different. It's unique. But the general population who pay for it say this is garbage. It doesn't fit the mental model that I am used to and that my brain enjoys. So that we've enjoyed for thousands of years. Yes, that's right. Right. Story's been around for a while. In fact, pre pre writing, that's how that's you only told stuff through stories. Right. That's the only way to tell, get a message out is through story to have people to have people remember it. Yes. A key component of this. Okay, so Walk I'm just going to run through the seven I'm gonna, steps. I'm going to overview the seven steps, and then we'll just we'll zip back to each one. I have a timer mm-hmm. so we don't go over. I miss my concert. Um, all right. So first one, a character. This is AKA your customer. Should should we start it? Should we start it like how he he presents it here? Anyway, so the sections the sections that we he, it's actually like a, its own, basically a sentence. The the seven things. It's a, a character has a problem, oh. meets a guide who gives them a plan and calls them to action that helps them avoid failure and ends in a success. That's it. That's it. That's, that's it. it. That's the way I read it. Yep. That's how, you know, that's, that's the brand. That's the story brand. I said it pr- so pretty quickly, but that's just kind of like, it's a character who has again. a problem and he meets a guide and who gives them a plan and calls them to action that helps them to avoid failure and it ends in success. Beautiful. All the elements of a good story right there. All the elements for your company, story. And for everything. So those were and seven I, different things that broke down in, in his book. He breaks down in seven different areas, a character, a problem, a guide, a plan, a call to action, failures, and then success. How to avoid failures and then success. And those are the seven different areas of, uh, of the story brand. Nice. That's an awesome overview. So in the, I have the book, Marty has the book, Brandon has digital copies of, of some, <laughs> something. Here's my scrolls. I, 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 I have the book. <laughs> I have the audio. I have the physical book. I have, I don't have, yeah, I haven't, jo- I've joined a couple, I've joined a couple of the, uh, the things, the uh, conferences he's got, but I haven't signed up for the, the main deal, but we'll see one day, maybe. Okay. Well, here, here's, I think, so in in the book, there's just like an overview um, of each one. So the character story brand principle one, the customer is a hero, not your brand. If I could tattoo this to my forehead and the forehead of everybody who owns a business. um, So say, say that again too. The customer is the hero, not your brand. Exactly. That's such people have a hard time with that. And they by have a people, hard time with it. It's not major about you. corporations. Major corporations. Look at any car manufacturer who puts a puts a vehicle commercial. Chevy, if you're listening, you're doing it <laughs> wrong. I'm, t- I'm telling you, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. They talk about how great they are, but I think the science behind this in the book goes into details. But really, each of us is our own hero, right? I'm 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 a hero. We consider ourselves, yeah, and that's what I like about the book too. Is we think. We think we're the hero in our, in our own story. And so we go about our own story, our own lives, thinking that we're, you know, we're the main character. But what's interesting is like, have you ever thought about the, that sidekick or that, that guy who, who comes into the story and helps the hero 
figure out the whole journey because without, without that sidekick or that little guy or that big guy or whoever he is, uh, the, the, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's or who else? Who are the Yodas. Other, some other Yodas. Yeah. You know, those guys, without those guys, Mr. Miyagi, the hero, yeah. the hero, the hero can't do anything. Doesn't figure it out. And with this, with this, you're essentially saying, you know what? I'm no, I'm not the hero. I'm not the main character. I am Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> the, the best way to explain this and, and, and Marty already is getting us down that path, but to use a story brand for something that everyone's familiar with, which is for example, star Wars, cause he's already going down that path. <clears throat> so here's the story brand for star Wars. And I'm just riffing on it a little bit, but the diagram shows Luke who's the hero his his issue his problem is that he has to defeat the empire and he meets yoda who's his guide who tells him to trust the force and calls him to action to go defeat the empire and the the problem is that the rebellion is crushed or the success is that the rebellion avoids defeat very simple diagram there but that's a movie we're all familiar with but you can see how you can story brand that and how in a business context if you make your customer luke skywalker you know the analogy at least He's the hero. You're taking him through a series to make him feel confident, to make him do something so he feels good about himself. Like, you know, what is your customer scared of and what are they wanting to be? That's the end result. If you can help them avoid the bad and embrace the good, you're done. Story brand it for life. So you you brought a perfect point about that because the hero, right, you said, but then has a problem. So here, here's what story brand number two is, has a problem that that this is, and this is also true, and we've seen this too, companies tend to sell solutions to external problems, but customers buy solutions to internal problems. So I, I've, I've used the, uh, the analogy that of the jacket, like I might, I might buy a $300 Nike winter jacket or Patagonia or something. Now I can probably protect my arms and stay warm for maybe 50 bucks, or I can go to Goodwill for $9 and buy a jacket. So the fact that I'm cold is not the reason I'm buying the jacket. But my brain says, hey, it's winter, you need, you need a new jacket. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend my money on, a, on an, so the internal problem is I wanna fit in, right? In that scenario, I might buy a more expensive jacket because I feel like this is gonna help me fit in, right? An internal problem. Have you guys experienced that with brands? Have you ever bought anything? That's solving a problem, but not necessarily. It's not just the function of the service. Yeah, that you're uh, buying. yeah. A Tesla, you know, it's <laughs> like I need a car. That's my. Marty's got a few of But I, I want to be an early adopter <laughs> of new technology. That's my internal problem. There's another thing too. There's there's also the villain, which is if I'm buying a Tesla, it's, it's the gas guzzling inferior technology, right? Nice. That's the villain. Yep. That's the, that's the, that's also part of trying to figure out what the problem is. Who's the villain to this hero? Who's their Darth Vader or the emperor? Um, but then there's also one more part of that problem. External is and then internal then philosophical, right? My choice of car ought to help save the environment. Like I'll have a, uh, some, our customers have uh, philosophical problems like that. So I just grabbed that out of the book, by the way. So that's in the Tesla. I, 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 I recognize it. It's a great, it's a great one. Also, I, I, I want to buy a Tesla after Tesla. that. Yes. I don't have a Tesla. <laughs> I, I'm, we're trying to fit that in the budget. We'll figure it out. But Elon, if you're, 
if you're listening, we got three demoers. We'd love to have the newest one. An S, please. I'll take an S. <laughs> please, please. Um, S. I want the truck. <laughs> oh, oh, that's not oh. bad either. Yeah. Um, so, so th- there, yeah, three levels of problems. The book goes into details on that, but fascinating. Um, but then the third one is meets a guide. And this is where I think, you know, we talked about the Yoda or the Obi-Wan. This is where really it falls. Our business, our brand needs to fall into that. Hey, we're your guide. We're, we'll, we help you be awesome. You know, th- that's what we're trying to do. So I like the first sentence of that little like mini section. If heroes could solve their own problems, they would never get in trouble in the first place. They wouldn't yeah. have a villain. Exactly. Right? <laughs> You'd already figure, why are, we, why are you here? Why do you need our expertise? Um, one of my favorite parts of this book or favorite uh, points that he has in this part in this part is about expressing empathy. Um, being able to empathize with your customer is really important. Um, specifically, like we understand how it feels to yada, yada, yada. Um, nobody should have to experience whatever. Right. Um, being able to empathize to me is a good, good way that you're going to be a successful guide for your customer. It, and it really allows you to leverage some of your experience, even in your materials. So saying like, I understand that it's hard to do this because I've also been through this. Like we look at Yoda and Obi-Wan, both use the force, both had experience, both struggle with things in the past. They could relate. Likely if you are a freelancer in, the, in your customer, you have something that can help you relate to them and to their problem. Right. And that's why Dig I always like that. to, yeah. And I always, we, you know, we want to go through, you want to go through that uh, initial intake, that initial discovery process, understanding who your, who your, who your client is, what their problems are, what, what their, what their hopes and dreams are. Um, and even, you know, stuff that may not have to even do with uh, the website or the thing that you're working on or the service, the marketing, the PR, if you're understanding their, their pain points and whatever it is, it's going to have you, it's going to be it's going to help you more, be more empathetic towards uh, your customer and help them and understand where they're coming from. And you're going to be able to help them better. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's the guide role that we kind of all fall into. But up till now, we still haven't outlined how they're going to spend their money or part their money. And that's really where I think part four comes into. It gives them a plan. P- people want to know, Key. you know what you're doing Key. before they're going to spend their money. Yeah. And and the way he breaks this down in the book, and he also has in the book example websites where you can see how this is illustrated on the layout of a website. But one of the things he really emphasizes is this step-by-step approach. And how many websites have you ever seen that has step one of working with us is this two, three, I think he says maximum five, which is what I've got on my website right now. But if you can get it down to three steps, like this is how the process goes, not just telling them I've got a solution for you, but here's exactly how you're going to go through this solution. Um, I just love the way he does that and shows it on a website, like right below the fold. Basically, it's like right there. You see it. Here's the process of working with us. And um, yeah, wonderful way it, to do it. Yeah, because it's clarifying. It's clarifying how this thing is going to happen. Right. If you can do that in three steps, the beginning, the middle and the end, like I want to know, OK, what is it? What is how is it going to end as well uh, is important. Um, those three steps or those four steps or five steps. Anything longer is going to, you're, you're going to, you know, it's going to, it's going to, he has this thing where he talks about, um, thinking, thinking about something too long wastes calories, 
he talks about it a little bit in the book. I can't remember where, mm-hmm. but you, 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 you waste these calories and it, and it makes the the customer not want to do it anymore. Right. They don't want to, they don't want to waste time and energy on your, on your website. If they have to look at something too long. They want to understand it. That's why clarifying, give them a, giving them a plan is so much more helpful. They see those one, those literally, literally seeing the number one, the number two, and the number three, how to get through this thing. There's the plan. I got it. I understand. All right. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Right. You have lawn care. It's like, hey, step one, we analyze your lawn. Step two, we find the best people to cut it. Step three, we water it and treat it so that it keeps growing. And anyway, easy step by step. We're not talking about these like rocket science or out in left field random thoughts. This is just literally a practical step by step. I love it. Um, here's a phrase. A lot of people of like whatever industry you're in, the expression call to action. You've probably heard that expression. Oh, what is a call to action? But really, I like how this is principle number five. Customers do not take action unless they are challenged to take action. So this seems counterintuitive because you're like, well, I don't want to challenge my customer. Uh, but people aren't going to buy it if, if you don't tell them to buy it. If you don't ask. If you don't. If you, don't. If you never ask, then you're never, they're never going to say yes. His whole, his whole thing he says about uh, trying to marry somebody, you ask them, will you marry me? No, I just met you. All right, well, can you go on a date with me? Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> There's the beginning. There, you, you ask them, at least. Uh, you know, and there, that's this, uh, what that is, is, is two different types of call to action. Um, what does he call it? He transitional. Calls it transitional, direct, and transitional. The direct is, will you marry me? The transitional is, all right, maybe you won't marry me. Will you, will you at least go out with me? Because I like you. So <laughs> and then well, they say and yes, they're not going to say yes. They're not going to, unless they're, they know that you're the one they're not, they're going to say, all right, I'll date you. <laughs> there was this awesome little clip in the, in the book on that section that said about story characters don't take action on their own. So he said, if we're telling a story about a man who needs to lose 30 pounds and suddenly decides to do it of his own volition, the audience will check out. Yeah. A guy just realized one day, oh, I'm overweight and lose 30 pounds. He said, however, well, what if there, so there has to be a reason or a challenge it says, you know, the, our character has run into a high school sweetheart who is now a yoga instructor and he needs to lose a, or he needs to lose a bet, forcing him to run a marathon. Characters are only take action after they're challenged by an outside force. So call to action in multiple times. If you're not asking people to spend money with you, book a call, some, some transactional something in your marketing material, or even in a conversation, this happens in a conversation as you pitch your idea or product to somebody. You have to ask them to do something with you, right? Otherwise, well, otherwise they won't. Um, six, helps them avoid failure. Every human being is trying to avoid a tragic ending. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, what are, they, what are they most concerned about? And this helped me, this opened up a lot for me, is you always think about what they want to be like, what the customer wants to end up like. Too, too often, we don't think about what they're trying to avoid. And- I mean, it sounds bad, but it's true. Playing on people's fear in a smart way, in an empathetic way, is a very helpful way to help them to see the positive side of what you offer. And so really, I mean, and all of us can relate. Everyone listening to this podcast, there's things that you just fear in life and you're just trying to avoid that fear the most you can. So if someone sweeps in or swoops in and says, hey, I know that fear. I've got the solution. You're in a better mind space. So yeah, this is a critical part. And, and I like this too, because 
it shows that the framework doesn't always have to be about, you know, puppies and butterflies, like all the good things. It actually is good to spend a little time on the negative that you're avoiding. And I think that's a key part. People are as a uh, section header is people are motivated by loss aversion. And uh, another thing is, what are you helping your customer avoid? And like, I like these, uh, it could be hidden fees. It could be not being ready for retirement. Um, you know, this, if this was, a, if you were a financial advisor, um, something that's more up my speed, uh, wind shape camps, summer camp for kids. What are you trying to avoid? A long, boring summer. Um, a bunch of restless kids <laughs> wah, in your wah, house. Wah. Uh, regret about having wasted your summer. So those things are like things that people are motivated about. They don't want to, they, they are afraid to lose or they, they don't want to lose to those things. So here's an example. I think it's actually mentioned in the book. I can't remember if it was a book or one of podcasts, but if I ask both of you guys, Hey, I'm going to give you a hundred bucks. How do you feel? Great. Give it to yeah. me. Yeah. Great. What if I said, Hey, you guys just lost a hundred bucks. Worst thing <laughs> ever. <laughs> right? Are you kidding me? It's like, it's the same hundred bucks, but we don't, we don't have the same feeling. Mm -hmm. So that's a loss of version. That's awesome. We, we are, we are, I use that with a client this week uh, to help them understand messaging and why that's important. Anyway, um, so that's, that's the, the stakes. We're showing them the stakes. The story needs stakes. And then seven, the final one, ends in a success. I, I think, have you ever been to a movie that had a cliffhanger and didn't tell you what was going to happen? It left it up to you to wonder if the person was successful or if they weren't successful or... Inception, you like yes, those movies? I have seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sucker because I kind of like movies that end like that. Like I'm, I'm violating story brand, but I, I like things to not always be happy in the end. I will be honest. But in this case, we need to see some success for someone to actually want to work with you. <laughs> so, so I think the success for a movie might just be that it makes the person who's watching it feel something, right? That might be the only success. Yeah. Um, but, but yes, people, you have to create, you have to create the story. What happens when you buy my product? In the case of the landscape, your, lo your lawn will look better than your neighbor's, right? Or um, that's a great enough example. I need to just share another one. That was, that's perfect. That's flawless. Yeah, I mean, it is. Flawless. I didn't make that up, by the way. Um, <laughs> but this, so this seven part framework, and this is, like I, like we all said at the beginning, we're, we're a big fan of story brand and what the work that they're doing. And the kind of the idea initially was this messaging framework is so powerful that it has helped shape businesses, communities, even governments by using this framework. What their point is that when you, if you confuse, you lose, right? So as yep. a business, our job is to clarify, we want to easily get our information to our potential customer, whether that's through a website, whether it's through a one page or a PDF presentation, or even an elevator pitch. If we're not clear on what we do, people aren't going to see how we can help them as a guide. So um, check out buildingastorybrand.com. I'm sure you can go there. There's a great podcast with a bunch of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of episodes that you can go hear them talk about each one of these things we talked about for an entire episode. Much smarter probably and more eloquent than us. But the, the point is the re I think the reason we wanted to talk about this is that we, we believe this is how businesses, especially smaller businesses that are struggling with their marketing or with getting customers, this is how you win. 
Yep. This is how you win. Um, spring out there. Read, read it. it. Highly recommended. Read All it. three of us. Read it a couple times. Yeah. What do you got to lose? What do you got to lose? Read it a couple times um, for sure. I actually, full disclosure, I, I read it each time I work on it with a different business and marketing with that business in mind. Because wow. you know what? Step one, defining your customer or that who that character is. If you get that point wrong, the whole yeah. rest of the story doesn't matter. So clarify, know who your customer is. That too. It's not everybody. Well, what I like about this too is that, um, yes, it's cl- it, you're clarifying your message. You're keeping it simple. But it's also, this is not something that you're going to like build a 20-page PDF out of. This is a one pager. You go down. He's got. He shows you how to do it in in one page. Your your bullet bullet points, and you're you're in and you're out. You know, and it's done. You're clarifying your message. You can do it all in one page, and that's it. And and then there's your there's your marketing plan. It's crazy. It's insane that it could be that simple. But you know, that's what you know. It, it's working for other for companies. It can it can work for us too. So the the fact that a PhD was given to somebody a doctorate for proving that this framework works oh, yeah, was, en- was right. enough was enough to me to go you know what if if institutionalized education sees the proof behind this framework and says you know what well done you are now a doctor um i obviously obviously it's a great a great tool but anyway it's cheap go get the book listen to it whatever okay um it is now <laughs> time for freelance dance Picks, Picks of, of the, the week. week. What what do we got, gents? It's been a it's been a it's been a fun week. It's been a good week. It's been an interesting. It's been it's been a long week for me. You yeah. know what? I don't know why. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna go first. Go because I can get mine out. Go of the first, way. Marty. Go. Uh, my pick this week has to do with what my goals are for my life. <laughs> Ooh, small topic. Small, <laughs> small no topic. big deal. Uh. We live by the beach. I want to go to the beach and I want to look good. So I need to lose weight. <laughs> so uh, my app that I've been using actually this week since April 1st. So what day is this today? Today is the 8th. So I have fasted every single day since April 1st. Uh, 16 on, 8 off. Don't ask me what, what that is called, but it's just that's 16. I call it 16.8. I've some days like today. I've gone over the 16. I've gone to like 19. Um, one day I went up to 21, uh, which was kind of crazy, but uh, only then not because I didn't, um, you know. Is it because you slept in so long? It's because I slept in. It's those. because okay. I was very, no. It's because <laughs> I, I wasn't hungry. I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't feel like I needed to eat. But anyway, okay. and I also wanted to go because I've read that the longer you fast, the more uh, fat burning you, you do in the after the 16 hours too. like you're. So there's different transitions between the fasting. So fasting is supposed to be really good for you. Talk to a health care professional. I'm I'm doing a lot of research. I haven't talked to a healthcare professional. I'm doing my own research. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing I'm doing because I know I could do it. I can I can figure it out. But hey. I'm using this app. And it's called Zero. Uh, fast forward to better health, zero fasting.com. Um, tons of people are doing it. I looked at my thing. It was a hundred and set for in the, for in the week I've done fast. I've fasted. It's I've, I fasted for 171 hours. So for 123 hours, sorry, 123 hours. Look at all those green dots. 
you guys. So proud of you. Proud of you, buddy. So not eating food. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah. Not eating food. Well, that's the thing too. It's like, my thing was that I wanted to be able to be in control of when I ate. And lately because of this thing, I think it's the pandemic. I don't know, but I just want to eat all the time. And it's just like, Hey, I'm, I'm 39 year old man. I can do whatever I want. I can eat whenever I want. If I tell you what to do, if I want to eat at 10 o'clock at night, I can eat at 10 o'clock at night. So that was, that's been one of my goals is to not eat past eight and to at least start the fast by eight o'clock. And, um, and so that's my goal for this month. I'm going to try and do it every day this month, see what happens. Supposedly after a month, more weight loss, but it depends on there. Yeah. I, you know, I don't want to give anybody whatever false hope, false hope or whatever. I don't want to give myself false hope, but I'm trying to lose weight. Hopefully this will help, but it also, I'm also including that I am uh, eating better, healthier, making better choices. That's important. Um, And uh, I'm considering uh, signing up for a gym again. We'll see. Uh, I may have the ability to do that pretty soon. So hopefully that will be, that'll be down the line, but we'll see. But anyway, baby steps. That's my, that's my, that's my pick. Zero, zero fasting. Hopefully, hopefully that wasn't one of ours before. Have we? Have we used no, that I don't think no? so. Okay, good. No. All right, great. The, Amanda actually does the same the same method. I don't know if she uses the same app, but she's been doing. Yeah, that for my a long wife time. has started to do it with me too now. So she she started doing a little research herself, and she's seeing the benefits or some of the she read about some of the benefits from it. So we're we're gonna try it this month. See what happens. Hopefully, I, see, I do it. it the I do it the reverse. I do eight hours off and sixteen hours eating. Nice. Is that? I think, I think that's probably yeah, I think that's the thing too. Okay. So I whenever you're not sleeping, it? you're eating full time. That's your job. <laughs> Cause that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. So it feels like that's what it feels like. Well, that's and a cool, that's a cool. I pick. really enjoyed a uh, side point. I really enjoyed our, our conversation on discord where we we're all talking about how we feel fat. Cause I think that is oh. something that we're all feeling after COVID and all yeah. trying to come out of COVID. Like, you know, like ripped, like we've been yes. exercising the whole time. So quick, <laughs> nope. I got 30 days. What can I do? Yeah. What can I do? I, I was, t- I don't know if I was telling you guys, but I'm like, I feel assaulted that I'm getting targeted Instagram ads for like dad bod shirts. Yep. Like yeah. this shirt doesn't make oh, you yeah. look like a dad. And I was like, you get out of my feed. You don't look how, me. look how this shirt slims you. But, but, how, but how much is it? Just out of curiosity. I'm just wondering. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, all right. That's an awesome pick. Uh, Brandon, what do you, what do you have for us this week? All right. So I got a category of something, but I think kind of in line with story brand, actually, in a way, my pick of the week are email newsletters. Generally. And I say that because I've I've subscribed to several of them, like uh, marketing, PR, tech, you know, ones in the industry. And I love email newsletters and I always have. And it's a great marketing channel, but I find that I do read them. Unlike a website where you pass through blog posts and social posts, when it's in my inbox, I spend the time. Usually the team spends more time writing it. Um, I've really come across some. And because content marketing has gotten so good these days. I've come across some insane webinars and recordings of training and stuff that just pops in my inbox with a newsletter. And I've just loved it. So, I mean, that's that's a quick recommendation. Sign up for the newsletters in your industry or people you respect that have them. Everyone's doing it for marketing these days. Sign up for five to ten of them and you're going to learn something new automatically every week. You don't have to think about it. Um, It's usually pretty brief. And then also, you know. 
applause to the brands out there because a lot of brands have stepped up the game with their email newsletters and are offering good content that's story branded, like speaks to a fear and a, a positive outcome. And I've just seen a lot of innovation in that space. And plus on the PR side, a lot of journalists, because that industry that is just so fraught right now, it's like it's hard for them to make money and journalists aren't making what they used to. A lot of them are leaving organizations and creating their own paid newsletters. And they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars by themselves writing a daily newsletter. Very impressive. They're, they're creating their own media businesses on paid newsletters. You might have heard of Substack and there's some others, I think, that are doing this. But yeah, so it's kind of a pick for many reasons. It's a pick because it's great information, but it's also it might be a good pick for you to share your knowledge. And if you have the time to have a paid newsletter, I'm seeing some really cool innovation in this space. So. Check you them say, out. Do you, you do you pay? You said you paid for some of them. I don't pay for any of them oh, yet, okay. but I'm not opposed oh. to it. The ones because I'm Substack, getting for free are great. Substack yeah. has that as well. That kind of has that model. Brandon, yeah. What's let, what's one or two that you of your favorites since you brought? Do you have, <sighs> you have one or two? Good you question. Call out? Um, yeah, there's a couple freelance writing ones. I, I can't. Ian Broom, he's a freelance writer. He's always got some good stuff. Um, and Anne Hanley who's works with marketing profs. She has one she does every two weeks. That's really good. There's a, there's a lot of them not, that I'm forgetting, but I read them. I find cool links. I usually learn something new and it's like 10 minutes read in my inbox. And I just love that delivery format. I love old school email and just being able to let it sit in my inbox and I can get to it. I don't have to lose it in my feed or anything. So yeah, try them out. If you don't subscribe to any, see what you think. That, I love that pick too, because I have, I, I will notice that um, it's hard for me to just sit there and, and read an entire blog post when I know I've got 18 other browser tabs open. So when I'm in my email, maybe on my phone and I've, I've got something from someone that I, I've already subscribed to, um, my attention is held a lot more. There are a couple that I like as well that, I, you know, um, one of them is this freelance web designer called Matt Aplinsky. Um, he's a really good, he, you've mentioned him all, before. all about freelancing. Yep. Um, this other one, which is, uh, called the hustle and it's just the hustle.co, uh, fascinating newsletter just about the industry, the tech industry, money, financial, um, stuff. And, uh, I, for whatever reason, I probably read the hustle more than I read any other newsletter. I don't know why. Just the way they write stuff. Um, I, can, to me, that's... Can you forward one of that, one of theirs to me? Supposed, can you forward supposedly, one? Uh, if, I sign, if I sign you up, I wish I could, get, I wish I could like... Because <laughs> they, they, like, they want you to, to share it. And I think I have like a link or something I can give out. But we'll see. <laughs> anyway, okay. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you one. Um, it's, they're funny. They're interesting. I mean, they have a little bit of like... A, they even have like a sponsored post and... But yeah, I love that pick. Great pick, Brandon. I, I, I like it too because I use the story brand framework to help rewrite a newsletter this week for a client and was able to get them like a 3% higher open rate and their business model is book a demo. And it hasn't happened in a while, but because the call to action was super clear, someone booked a demo within minutes after receiving the, the email newsletter. So 
to, to both of your points, you've got ones you love and read for entertainment purposes, but for sales purposes, if done right, they can also lead to, to sales. So yeah, that's cool. That's and good. you become, become fans of their business too. You become fans of their, there's another one, yeah. uh, that I, these guys make amazing WordPress plugins called delicious brains. They have a PHP slash JavaScript blog and, and, uh, they, I read theirs. I just remembered, I read theirs every time I get one too. So. Okay. Good stuff. Um, that's cool. Well, I have an app this week and I haven't picked an app in a while. Um, kind of to, to your pick Marty about like trying to hack your body and, and be better at whatever that is. So, so mine's actually a sleep tracking, um, app called Sleepwatch, And it's for, if you have an Apple watch is ideal because it pairs with that. So I sleep with my Apple watch on, um, so that it tracks sleep. Uh, I wish I could do that. It, I can't. It's just, I don't know why. So I will, I will tell you though, the, the machine learning that this thing does. So, so here's kind of the game changer because not only does it look at my sleep, but it also records my heart dip, my heart rate. So there's like a a metric that determines your overall health. It looks at my beats per minute, my HRV, like I mentioned on last week's episode, it measures that, but also my, my blood oxygen level while I sleep. So it's a fairly complex, I think the newest watch, Apple six watch does that. But it also tracks like sleep disruption. Like, do I get up when I sleep? Like, what's mm-hmm. that percentage like? And every morning when you get up, it's like, hey, how well rested did you feel? So it asks like, there's some survey things. Or in the middle of the day, it might say, hey, you, your sleep was not as good last night or it was higher than normal. Can you tag what things happened? So this is the game changer for me. I've used it long enough that I now know that if I close all of my Apple rings by physical activity, that I have a 300% chance of waking up more rested. Whoa. Hmm. So I, so like yet last night I went for a, a 25 minute, you know, 30 minute run on the treadmill to close my rings because I, I know I'm like, I'm going to wake up feeling better. And guess what? I did. I woke up feeling better. So that's my pick. It's called sleep watch. I think the premium thing is like two bucks a year or maybe, uh, maybe it's more. It could be for me. It's worth, it's worth it if you are into that kind of tracking stuff. So sleep watch, um, it has a goal, has your overall score. I don't know. I just, if you, if you're into that stuff, I love it. That score looks like a credit score. <laughs> it 77. does, doesn't it? It does. That's what, that's what mine looks like. It's like, Oh, oh hey, hey. nice credit score. Can, yeah. Buy a boat, nice Jake, on that one. Oh, <laughs> the freelance dance boat. Um, anyway, so, so that's, that's my another bio Ses- health Cessna related golf stream. <laughs> yeah. I just love that you thought those were boats. That's so wonderful. <laughs> That's good. So wonderful. That's good. Um, okay. Well, those are great picks, you guys. Those are, uh, that's, that's good. I like it. And um, where, where can people find us at, Marty? Where can people find us um, if they want to On the interwebs, there's a thing called Twitter. And if you type in at shift two underscore freelance dance you will find us and then also on the insta gram i think instagram or instaham instagram that's it it's a good delivery service instaham instaham <laughs> honey big ham company if you're listening Sign- you need that instaham and i think Sign up. i think we're the freelance dance on instagram is that right yeah yeah, that that's right. We don't even that's know. Right. We, we, yeah. we barely pay attention. Here. Just go here. Just go to the freelance dot com and you can find all our things. 
And if you made it to this far in the episode, you're still listening. Um, we, we love you. We love so, you. We are your biggest fans. Or yes. you are our biggest fan. It's one of those things. I don't know which one it is. You are um, biggest fan. <laughs> you're my biggest fan. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome, awesome chatting, gents. Um, until next time, it's been the Freelance Dance. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Freelance Dance. If you found this episode helpful, we'd love it if you would leave us a review. Have an idea for a show or a question? Go to thefreelancedance.com or hit us up on Twitter at underscore Freelance Dance. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Until next time.